When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's no introduction. We just we just chit chat. That's really what what peace talk. Well, that's what it is now. And initially, it was just my shit. And then people was like, you need to have guests on. And so the more guests that I've had, more people have been like, you know, listening and tuning in. So I'm yeah. like, who are people that I want to talk to? And uh, thanks for doing it. Did, like, when's the last time you've done a podcast? Oof, it's been a it's been quite some time since I've done one. Honestly, I try well, to avoid them though. Like for the most part, because you know. People be having ulterior motives and then, you know, like with everything that's going on, like people ask you a question and then chop it up and you know how that is. So I'm like, I just want to do yours because I'm like, I know they ain't not going to screw me over, but a lot of people <laughs> doing some shit and I'm just like, they be like, yo, get on our podcast. Then I watch a few episodes like, nope, I'm a pass. I'm a pass. Like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you make it sound, first of all, you have trust issues. You make it sound like it's like I an do. episode of Maury, like, we have backstage your your second grandma and niece. Like, like come on down. I, okay, I'm not gonna say the name of the podcast, but during the pod, the last podcast I did, they asked me how I felt like about like you know larger women, and I'm like that had nothing to do with what we was talking about. But I'm like all women are beautiful. Like you really tried to trip me up right there. I'm like oh okay, you thought I was dumb and not on my p's and q's. Like no, nah, bro. Which race of women do you prefer? <laughs> See, that's enough. You can't even answer that question now. Which one's got the ugliest titties? Like, <laughs> See, now what? You gonna have an ugly titty committee on your ass when they hear this? You talking that you shaming women titties? And you gonna be and I'm a, Hey, look, Bernard Bell loves all women titties. Like I think all titties are beautiful. I don't discriminate against any titties. I love them all. Well, I, I definitely. I discriminate. I'm not. I'm not in a place in my life where uh, I could be canceled. So until then, I'm gonna talk. They, hey, bro, they will. They will record this and wait. They're gonna be patiently waiting, showing up at every show. And woo, sold out show. Now the time to get him. But, but here's the thing. Like, say I do run for mayor or Congress. I feel like if you say some real shit, you should be able to, you know, double down on it. Like, if I be like, you know, you can't titty fuck a, a woman with an a cup you know what i mean like it's not it's a fact you can't like how you gonna be like yes you can you know what I'm like, no, no. i've learned like you know i've i've teetered the line of being overly controversial i just when it comes to stuff like that with women like i just avoid it because any and everything you say like they will just wait and wait and you'll be like well i said it when i was 17 well we still offended you'll be like we're 53 now like let it go like <laughs> Then okay. if you if you tell them let it go like you you being dismissive of they fit it's just a setup. But I know at one point I mean if you think about everything that we've said on the stage, at some point when we reach a level, somebody gonna be like, well, in 2019, you be like, I, I did it, yeah, I did it, okay, and I'm sorry, I have a pre written note, I wrote an apology letter way back then, yeah, there it is, okay, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Uh, here's fifty dollars, like take a picture with me, we it's done. Yeah, I, so yeah. I, I think about that from time to time, but 
I don't know if I'm gonna apologize. Oh. I, I guess I I don't I don't think I would apologize if I meant what I said because I feel like that's um that's where people get lost in it. Like they're apologizing. Like you ever been in an argument with your lady or whatever? You you know she say sorry, you say sorry. You just saying it so you know you can stop arguing and be done with it. Like I don't fucking mean it. Like I've said it lots of times. In fact, I'm never wrong. <laughs> different scenario. Like okay, you arguing with your lady. Like that's different. When you arguing with people who could potentially, you know, what I'm saying, pick it and petition outside your shows and you know cost your family money. You might have to apologize. I'm sure. 90% of the people who apologize didn't mean it. But when it, a simple, I'm sorry, I, I will do better, we'll keep the checks coming in, I think we all can be like, hey, look, yeah, I'm, you know how to do it. You know how your wife's standing there, y'all hold hands, you know, do do this hand. <laughs> well, interlock fingers. Like, this is the one that t- tell people you really sorry. When you interlock the fingers, you know, <laughs> once you do that, that right there, they, let, they be like, oh my God, he really means it. Deep down, you're like, I don't mean none of it, but it's gonna keep the checks coming in. But you gotta All remember, right, I, got I I understand, and uh, I guess it depends on uh, what I said, and once again, who I offended, and if I meant it, like if I was sorry. So l- let me let me let me go back to that. Do you consider yourself, or do do maybe your fans consider yourself as a controversial comedian? Because I would definitely agree, you you. I don't know if it's the Chicago and you like you cheated the line of like, you know, fuck what you feel like. This is what I want to talk about. And um, I I always love that and respect that. Do you consider yourself a, a controversial comic? Yes, but I do it so subtly. Like I'm one. OK, I hate to even give away my secret, but I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> we got the Bernard Bell secret sauce right now. Yeah, you really are. OK, if you look at it like most of the time, like. I poke fun at women, but I'm doing it in a way <clears throat> not to be mean or, you know what I'm saying, disrespectful. It's just like because they're forever saying men need to be accountable, men need to be accountable. And that's true. But in the same sense, why they're telling us to be accountable, they're not being accountable. So what I typically do is I'll, I'll butter them up, I'll praise them like, oh, my God, women, are, you know, I tell them the truth, like the truth that they want to hear, which is actually the truth. And then I immediately follow it with the truth that they don't want to hear. So it's like it drives them nuts. Like I get so many inboxes of mind your business, shut your black ass up when we catch you in the street and you got something <laughs> against women, you anti-woman. And I'm like, how am I anti-woman for telling y'all to tell, but for trying to hold y'all to a truth that y'all are trying to hold us to? I had a woman tell me I was weird because I wanted equal rights as a man in a relationship. I'm like. So I just supposed to shut up and pay bills. It was the equivalent of shut up and dribble. I say, so I just supposed to have feelings. And they like, what What type of man worry about his feelings? I'm like a human. Like, damn, I'm not supposed to care about my feelings. So yeah, I'm controversial in that sense. Like everything else, I kind of like, I, you know, I'll poke at it, but I won't get too far into the point where I know because everything else becomes a slippery slope. You get into race and sexuality, religion, stuff like that. Like, once you start, like a person can easily like drag you mm-hmm. to the deep end. So I just like I just throw rocks in that water and then just hide in the back of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as like with annoying women, oh, I'm front and center, like throwing boulders in the water with a megaphone. Like Bernard threw it, stupid. Ugh, back another one. Like yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> when did you like? When did you come into this that voice of of being controversial or or not being afraid? See, the thing when, when I think about controversial, like being a controversial topic or being controversial, I really kind of talk a lot of it up to just being you know not afraid to. 
talk about things or say certain things. And I always kind of make sure I explain it's it has a lot to do with intent. Like, you know, we're not saying certain things to be mean or be hateful or ain't whatever. We're just we're just getting it out there. Um, when did you kind of find your voice of I'm not afraid to talk about these things? I this is this is Bernard Bell comedy. This is this is what you're gonna get when you come to my show. It started when I first started doing comedy, like, you know, because you're really trying to find your voice when you first get on the stage. So I was just trying out different things. Like, and then my mentor at the time, she pushed me because a lot of my jokes were just like sex jokes because I was getting the easy laugh, but it was building my confidence. So one day I wrote out a set and it was like kind of geared towards women. And I basically like, I got on stage and I was just hitting them. Like it wasn't, it was way more aggressive than what I am now. And it was just like, yeah, y'all bald head. You know, you got <laughs> like I went in, but the response was crazy. Like all of the women were laughing. And like they again, it was as soon as the show was over, I had a woman come up, you mother pointing point their fingers. I'm like, you you really mad? I'm like, but you don't have hair, so you I understand why you mad. I'm like <laughs> We got the same haircut and she was just, she laughed in the middle of right, cussing right. She was like, I don't care if I'm bald head. And I like, kind of like blew on my hand. It was like, calm down. Like, <laughs> you gave her the old Buddha rub. <laughs> yeah, but she laughed. And then I sold her some merchandise. So I said, okay. That's when I started to realize, I'm like, you can really pick with women, telling them the truth and then sell their merchandise. So I said, this my niche. Like, that's going to be my voice. But like I always say, everything that I say is true. It's just I really want the same mirror that they want men to look at. Hey, look, I come here. Let's both of us stand in this mirror. But when you try to get a woman to look at her own faults, that's when you, you're a woman hater, you're a piece of shit, you need to mind your business. And when I catch you outside, I'm like, well, I'm going to be standing out front with the here's a reality shirt on. Come on over here and get this work. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very hilarious to me because I know you and I don't. Uh, I, I guess, I guess, as a comedian, I don't like. I want you to believe what I'm saying, but I don't want you to believe everything that I'm saying. What are some things about you that people may not have, you know, picked up or or learned through your comedy? Like, what's what's some things that either would surprise people or or maybe um, a little shocking? Like things that people wouldn't normally know about you if they, you know they saw one of your shows or, or saw you on social media. Like they, I mean, the way that I joke with my kids, like it comes off to people as me being like really mean to my kids. But in all actuality, like when you see us in the house and how we interact, it's totally different. Like it's overly nurturing, overly loving, overly caring. Like even when you see me make videos about them, like people always be like, why are you cursing at your kids? Like that's how we <laughs> talk sometimes. Like everybody talks rough. But like at last week was it? Me and the boys had a serious talk, like, like, and I just let them really just break stuff down. You know, it it turned into a, it started off as a trivial conversation and got really deep where it was mostly just them talking. But a lot of people don't see that side. They just see me being rough with my kids, like even with my daughters, like as crazy as this sound. I call my daughters ugly all the time when they were growing up. Like people used to be like, why do you do that? I said, because I'm going to take all the power out of the world. So a boy and a man can't use that later on to manipulate them. Because, you know, a man will be like, oh, you ugly. And it'll break a woman down. But I call my daughters that so much to where they, it had no power. Like you can tell my daughter she ugly and she won't even break a stride. Just ignore you. Like it has zero power. But that's a side that people don't see. Like people hear me say that and be like, why would you say that? Because I gave my daughter a key to success by doing that. Like, you know, I 
I don't want to say I mind fucked her, but you know, I basically rewired her because I know mm-hmm. as a man what society gonna do. The first thing they gonna try to do is, oh, you ugly. No, nah, you can't tell me. She knows she beautiful. Like, and after a while, when I would say, be like, oh, you so ugly, she'd be like, yeah, I know I'm beautiful. You know, but it just, mm-hmm. it's triggered in her brain. When you call her ugly, it immediately trips her trigger like, oh, beautiful, thank you. You know, she'll smile at you. You'd be like, damn, that didn't work. Now you don't have nothing against her. This is a, this is straight Chicago game right now. I, uh, I call my, well, I, I call my, uh, Middle child ugly for no reason. Well, he was. He was very ugly. If I can be real, yeah, boy, like, first off, you have a mixed son. Mixed kids aren't ugly. Like they, uh, nah, it, it, it depends on which way they lean. <laughs> you know what I'm it also depends on the parents, you know. So and y'all, y'all are not ugly parents. So yeah, you you a bully in that little boy. Like he's nah. probably going to beat your ass when he get older. I, 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 I he might he might fuck around to be a model. Like no bullshit. Like he he. He's highly attractive now, but those first six months, I'm telling you, like I was, dude, I want to say shame because I feel like wait six months. No, if, if for six months I didn't post, you know, like you post pictures of your newborns and you do all. I ain't do none of that shit. And like my <laughs> my wife would tag me in things, I would remove the tag. I was like, like uh, one of the pictures I, I have reported to Facebook. I was fucking around, but uh, I really did. So, bro, um, you. Yeah, I didn't do it for a good reason, like you. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like I just your son hears this when he get older. Just don't sleep. Like this, just watch him back for like six months. Like he's gonna be on your ass. Nah, this is gonna be his his, his lullaby music. I'm just gonna play this episode over and over again until wow. he falls to sleep from like age four to nine. Uh, all right, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, as a as a father, um, I, that's one of the reasons why I think I gravitated toward your ability to. You know, you you have multiple kids, and and for me as a man, I think I I found new levels of respect for other fathers. You know, my 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 dad like peaced out, and he was kind of a piece of shit. And um, I had a bunch of cup, like I had a couple of male role models or influence, like, but they were all pretty shitty at the end of the day. And so when I see other fathers, especially other black fathers, doing incredible things. It it's kind of the motivation that I use to 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 try to be better for for myself. Where did where did that come from? Like like how was your relationship with your dad and uh, or your parents? Like or did you have you know great male role models in your life growing up? Nah, it's sort of similar. Like my father, he I don't I mean I use that term loosely now, but growing up, you know, my father was a street legend. So growing up in Chicago, like I was. I, I grew up in that shadow of, you know, being little Bernard. So it was just like that. But as I got older, yeah, you know, in my teenage years, when I started playing in the streets, like it was cool to, you know, you know, have that shadow and, you know, create my own shadow or whatever. But as I got old, when I started having kids, I realized like, you know, this dude really like he didn't do shit. You know, like you say, like he was just he was one of them fathers like graduation and. Eh. I can't do that. Birthdays, eh, I can't do that. Mm. Let us get into a fight. Oh, he's front and center for that. So you show up for the fuckery. Basically, mm. that was what he was. But then it was like, as I got older, when I had kids, I always said, I didn't want them to feel that pain of, because when I was younger, it was the whole, oh, my dad gonna show up. And my brother and my mother was like, we bet you $10 he don't show up. And I'm like, <laughs> I lost $20 dealing with this chump. Like, you know, and I told him, I'm like, bro, I lost money with you. He was like, you should have bet. Like, I can't even you. So I, I said I never wanted my children to have that feeling of, you know, oh, my dad going to show up and then he never show up. So 
when I got a chance to get all of my three older kids and like have them live with me full time, I jumped at it. Like I give credit to that, to my youngest, to Brandon's mother, because she told me she was like, just get the kids because I was literally paying for apartments for this woman, like literally paying first month's rent and deposit for her to get different places to live. And she kept like blowing my money. I know bullshit. I probably spent close to five, six thousand dollars in one year, just putting her in different apartments. Like, wow. Just trying to make sure my kids had somewhere to stay. And finally, Brandon's mother was like, don't spend another dime. She was like, get the kids. They can live here with us. And they were with me from then on. But yeah, it was just like not having a father around. And like you say, the male role models I had, they they weren't the best at all. Like I saw I was exposed to a lot of stuff, like because I don't, I'm not gonna say, but yeah, I was just exposed to a lot of stuff. I'm like, this is like as a young, and I'm like, okay, this is how a man's supposed to be. And it molded me to be that way when I was younger. But then as I grew up, and I'm like, this is very unhappy and toxic. So I had to reprogram myself from that. So it's sort of the same upbringing as you, like just seeing all this wrong and just deciding I'm not going to teach that to my kids. Like, let me show them something different and breaking that generational curses. Originally, what we, that's what we really did. Like, we stopped that from being something that our sons will ever do, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, all we can do is set a great example, but we just hope and pray that they follow in our path as far as on that. But everything else blazed their own path. So, that was my story with that. I like that a lot. Um, going back to your daughters and just how things have been in the last 11 years like would would you be comfortable if they dated a man like you why or why not i actually would and i encourage them to because you're gonna shoot everybody (laughs) not even that it's just because i okay i know me both sides of me like i know the good side of me and i know the bad side of me like yeah i glorify the bad side because that's what i want people to see like i don't Everybody don't get like what you getting now. Like everybody don't get this side of me, like the the concern. Like you you've seen me outside of you know what I'm saying the stage or whatever. So you know how I really am. Right, so, right. but again, look how long it took for us to get to that level. So I would love for them <clears throat> to date a guy like me. You got to figure, okay, hardworking, dedicated, good father. You know when you get past all the crazy stuff, these are the qualities that you want: a man with a job and a career, not afraid to you know step up and take care of his kids. You know, a family man, a provider. I, yes, I tell my daughters all the time. I say, I don't know how the hell y'all grew up with a father like me and chose the men that y'all choose. <laughs> like, but I, that's when I tell them, I say, that's your mama's side of the family coming out. Because you just, you see a great man like you. My oldest daughter, I promise you, she calls me for everything, daddy. She'd be like, dad, I'm about to cook eggs. Should I do two or three? I'm like, I don't give a Should shit how many eggs you cook. Should I do two or three? <laughs> I put data, I kid you not, or should like scramble the eggs 13 times. Should I do 17 or 18? I'm like, do not fucking call me. She like, Dad, I got a blue plate or a green. I'm like, call me again, I'm gonna block your ass. Like I'm oh sick of every decision she made. She at the car lot, she test drove the car. Dad, I like the way it sounds, but when I step on the gas too hard, the car go fast. I say, do not call me with trivial bullshit. Like, stop it, little girl. Like, knock it off. <laughs> What, what what's your favorite age bracket uh, for your children? The elementary, middle school, or high school? Uh, I was. I mean, everybody had their own little moments. Like, okay, well, my oldest daughter was elementary. Like, she was nice and innocent. When she got to middle school, she turned into <laughs> asshole. Like, I swear to God, she did. She turned. To, <clears throat> I used to go to the school because my daughter was telling teachers. I don't I know I need a break and they would be like okay go take a 45 minute break I'm like I'll break my foot off in her ass I'm like y'all need to stop doing 
I, I need a break. Like, I retired for a year from working. Like I was living off money that I had. And I spent so much time at the school to the point, most of the time, you know, you got to call the school, get permission to get up there. Nope. They was just like, Bernard, you have free range to come in here whenever you want to. I don't know what happened to the video. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay. But yeah, so <laughs> I was up there. That was, that's how bad she was. So with her, it was elementary school. Junior, Junior was cool all throughout school. He just had one little mishap in like elementary school. To where he decided it was cute to run across the tables in class. And I'm like, if you run across the table, I'm going to run my foot across your ass. He was cool all the way up until, like, I never had no more problems out of him. <laughs> okay. My other daughter, again, elementary. Because when she got to middle school, turned mm. to asshole. It's, but that's, you know, I blame that on the other parent. That's okay. <laughs> Brandon, he was cool. Brandon, again, he's cool all the way up. We had, he had one major mishap. Like, I'm not going to say what he did. But his mother got on his ass and I was just sitting there looking like, I don't even have to do anything anymore. I'm like, yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So most of these, I would say is yeah, like middle school, like elementary, middle school, high school. With boys, I'm, I don't want to sound sexy, but with boys, it's easy in high school. You know, you kind of, hey, look, wrap it up. <laughs> That's literally all you wait till your sons get older. You, your wife will be like, have a talk with them. Hey. Keep it covered. Walk out the room. They're going to be like, that was it? Yeah, that's all you got to tell them. <laughs> see, see, I... <laughs> so, so we've been having that kind of conversation lately as far as, um, you know, the differences between having boys and girls as they get older. Um, I haven't joked about this much on stage, <laughs> but it literally just hit me probably three months ago that these motherfuckers going to get older. Like, in my mind, I thought my work was done you know so like I, I felt like i felt like thanos like i was like i can rest now and i forget that these fucking kids get older and they become people and like all that other shit so you know we, we we started having these sort of you know well my oldest i've been sprinkling in a lot more uh i don't know if i want to call it black history it, just just more i feel like like important history that i know he's not going to get anywhere else right now in his life so when we talk about boys and girls you know a lot of people are like oh you're gonna let your you know you're gonna let your boys run wild and you're gonna let your daughter i'm like no i'm gonna fucking treat them the the exact same way and uh if they if they want to be hoes be hoes but i want to have those i'm telling you right now you're not going to treat them the same way it sounds good it really do but i'm gonna tell you what's going to scare you with your boys again, you'll kind of, you know, you'll have more of an input, like you say, you know, you'll kind of, you know what I'm saying, tell them, teach them the smart stuff. Hey, look, no means no. You know, mm-hmm. when they get cell phones, you'll have to tell them, hey, look, don't send nothing below your waistline in a picture. Don't, you know, you, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll start to have those different conversations. Now, when your daughter gets older, it's going to be a lot stricter. Let me tell you about boys. I'm telling you, it's going to, <laughs> because the first thing is going to pop in your mind, like, oh my God, I have an attractive daughter. And then is the, you're going to go to school and you're going to see the way a boy look at her. And you're going to be like, why is he looking at my daughter like this? Like, you think my daughter cute. And you're going to want to go tell him, like, eyes off my daughter. It's going to happen. Like, every man has had that feeling because and it plays in our mind. Like, somebody is going to like my daughter and then want to kiss her. And her, like, when my daughter first told me she kissed the boy, I flipped. I'm like, What? And it wasn't that she kissed the boy. She was like, yeah, I kissed him in school. I said, so why are you supposed to be learning? You in school kissing? Where, where, where else like, is she supposed to have it? At the mall? The carnival? 
on her wedding day. What you mean? <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, it's it's funny because, like I said, I want to do more personal jokes about my like. I actually have a bit that I need to really start working mm-hmm. because, okay, think about this now. This gonna mess your head up. Okay, you married, right? Unfortunately, yes. No, I'm just saying, yes, I'm married <laughs> happily. 27 years. <laughs> okay, so think about this. There's something that your wife do that you absolutely love doing, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just think, you got a daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, when I had that thought in my mind, I'm like, this a bit? I said, no. Like when I saw my oldest daughter and her boyfriend happy, I'm like, oh, you little nasty heifer. Like, ugh. I just like it's yeah, it's weird. Like I say, when you when your daughter gets older, you are not gonna treat her the way you treat your boys. Like you're going to be overprotective. You know, it's it's natural. Like you can sit there and say, No, I'm not okay. We're gonna be on the road somewhere. You're gonna be like, you're gonna be like uh one of them dads off the show. My daughter got a date, Bernard. You and Dante bring all the guns over there. Like <laughs> it's gonna be like the uh the bad boys when uh the, the guy comes to date Martin's daughter. No, no, not at all. I'm not gonna you, do it. You no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna 100. Well, I, again, I obviously I can't predict the future, but uh, what I what I was getting to is a lot of those conversations that I'm gonna have with my son are gonna be very very similar to my daughter, and uh, you know, like like you were saying, it's gonna be talks of you know consent. I feel like that that got missed. I feel like when we were growing up, uh, and kind of like what you were talking about earlier, like I feel like when we were growing up, it was like strap it up, don't get no girl pregnant. And like that, that was really the extent of the conversation. I don't think I ever had a sex sex talk. Um, we didn't have those talks back in the day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the times have definitely changed. Like you say, the consent, the whole, you know, like that's, you know, that's how you start the conversation. Hey, look, no means no. I don't yeah. care. You're in the middle. If she say no, stop. Yeah, yeah. you and your 12th stroke, and she says stop. You got to stop. You just you know, across the room. Hey, hands in the air. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Put your ass in there. Yeah, hey, always I, carry a flashlight. <laughs> I, I tell women all the time, like, look, if you say no or stop in the middle, I'm just gonna turn into a turtle, fall over my back. <laughs> because again, because it's so crazy. Yeah, so I not trying to get consent is crazy. That's what I'm saying. But it's just in in this era of you never want to be the guy who took two more pumps after she said no. Like, you know, yeah. that those two little pumps. So again. When a woman said or a man says no, stop. Yeah, like stop. I just feel like those are those were missed opportunities um, for for myself, and I feel like a huge generation. Um, I don't I, like. I hate to say like we 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 live amongst a rape culture, but there there's a lot of misguided individuals about you know what sexual assault is and what what rape really means and what it looks like and uh to have to have the the privilege to have a boy and a girl i feel like gives us a greater opportunity to educate both parties and hopefully send them out in the world where they can be smart and make smart decisions so that's all i was initially that's all i was initially talking about but I mean, again, if, if my sons and daughters want, they want to be a hoe, like, who am I to stop them? Okay. Like, I mean, like, 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 I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I mean, I've had some hoe days and I feel like my wife has too. And I think it's important that they have these, these hoe days. I've and, never had hoe days, man. I've been innocent my whole life. Well, you have too many H's and O's and E's in your name. Where I feel like. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I we'll, we'll see. I guess we'll see when we get there. For me, um, you've been you've been a how you've been a dad since you were two. Like y'all, like six and a half, man. Six and a half. <laughs> no, uh, I'm forty one. My oldest daughter is twenty two. So yeah, since I was. I don't know the man. It, a long time, man. Twenty-one years I've been a father. What? What? Uh, with Father's Day coming up, any uh, advice you would you would give to a first-time father, um, or just you know uh, a, a dude that has you know that hasn't become a dad yet that that would want to like any any advice you would give to that individual? Two things. First thing, don't get suckered into getting them <clears throat> gifts that you have to do shit for. Oh, we bought you a saw. Take it back. Oh, we bought <laughs> you a hammer. Take it back. Oh, we bought you a jackhammer. Fuck all y'all. Take it back. Like, don't accept gifts that require you to work. Because, again, I'm not trying to sound sexist when I say this. Nobody gets a wife a vacuum cleaner. Nobody. But they always, wife one for they always get fathers shit that we have to do. Oh, we bought you an axe. We live in a city. What am I going to do with <laughs> You know, they get they do shit like that. And the <laughs> second piece of advice, just in like if you get a chance to be around your kids, like soak up all the love, all the energy, like because it truly is one of the greatest feelings in the world to like just be in even though you're a father every day, but you know, on that day when like they shower when you showering you with that love and affection, like just take it in. Like don't try to do anything, like just sit back, hug them. Shed a few tears if you have to. Just embrace that moment because they're going to be there for a while, but they all feel great every single year. Like some years, my kids will just be like, one year my kids got me a birthday card. They just scratched out happy birthday and put Father's Day on. I still have that card. Like I've lost a few of the cards. I'm not, I, I'll be honest, I did. But for some reason, that card sticks out. Like I think it's in my room now. Like, but that's the card that sticks out because again, they were just like, you know, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they scratched our birthday. Like, well, we fucked up. Like, let's <laughs> we can fix this. And then, right. I think they spelled fathers wrong too. Like, that's you know, that's the other side of the family. You know, that's the mother. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that. Like those little moments. Like, yeah, just suck it. Just take it all in and just embrace it. Remember it and just. That's what that's what motivates you to keep going harder and harder. Those little moments. That's dope. That's uh, I don't know when is Father's Day. That's uh, June's. See, nobody know. I bet you know what Mother's Day is, though, don't you? It, so Make it's sense. it's the twentieth. I I believe this episode will probably come out uh on that uh on that Monday. So that's right uh, after our weekend of I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, right after Juneteenth. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, they nobody gonna pay attention to Father's Day coming off June. You know, it's it's been a celebration uh the last couple of years for me. On on Father's Day, we have a Father's Day water balloon fight. And it's it's I, I feel like the order you get, you know, as a as a man or you know, a boy, whatever, like like the holidays and all that stuff stop meaning as much for you as it does everybody else. Cause you know, Christmas you know what what about the kids their birthdays what about the kids my birthday is like i want to do something that i want to do but father's day is it's been i like i look forward to it it's it's a, it's a glorious occasion uh for juneteenth because the last couple of years i stopped really participating in fourth of july activities and independence day quote-unquote activities so we do we do fireworks so um as busy as a weekend as that that'll be for for us uh, I'm still going to plan to do fireworks and uh, my water balloon fight, and I'm going to combine them on that Father's Day. So 
Um, <clears throat> you really just using that as a day to abuse your kids. I peeped that. Like you look, and I can see you throwing those thing. balloons overly hard. Like yeah, it's a uh, it's a great day. Like last year, I was I was very angry with my wife. She was pregnant, so I couldn't like get her like I want to. You know what I'm saying? Because you you know got to protect the baby. But from like. Her titties on up and her kneecaps on down. I was bombing the shit out of her. You know what I'm saying? This year you going hard with it. Like, yeah, no baby this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. So and the, the kids. No, I have some. This is a year's <laughs> backlog for you, buddy. Yeah. See, the ugly one, he doesn't realize the concept of a water balloon fight. He believes you're supposed to get as wet as possible. So, so like. He's having fun. Like, he's stop easy. calling him the ugly one. Like, <laughs> He's the easiest target ever. The girl, she gonna learn. She gonna learn the hard way this year. Like she may be my favorite, but uh, you know, babies can't move fast. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, I'm yeah, prepared. You know, the kids like on the weird. That's the weak one. The like he got it logged out. Like the weak one gets it the folks. The ugly one, he's second. <laughs> um, all right, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about comedy and. Um, uh, I'll get you on your way. Um, so, eleven years. How did you get into comedy? Let's start there. Um, yeah, let's start there. It was something like that. I've always been doing. Like when I used to be back in Chicago, I always joked on the block. Like I always tell people, like I started doing comedy. You know, passing time when I was hustling, I would keep everybody laughing. We would all just be out on the block laughing. I took it serious when the first, like March 6, 11 years ago. Somebody told, asked me to host the show. And I'm just like, yeah, I'd do it. Like, you know, because I was making all of the homies laugh. Had never been on the stage. Like, I I didn't sleep for like three months. Like, I would sleep like two hours because I was so nervous. And again, this is the first time I'm ever saying this. I'm also going to put this on my documentary when I do it before my uh, comedy special. I always tell people, I say, regular Bernard died on this stage. And com- comedian Bernard was born because they had the room like jet black. And it was just a bright light. And I'm just like, why is it so dark in here? And in my mind, I'm, you know, when you've been on the stage, like you have those out of body moments. And I'm like, I can't see anybody. And I'm telling myself, we can't see people. I'm like, but just keep talking. So I just kept rubbing my head, kept walking back and forth. And as I kept talking, like the room started to lighten up a little bit. Like that's when I feel like the old Bernard was just like, I got to step mm. back and let you do your thing. And from then on, it was just like, after I heard that first laugh when I got on stage, like, I got to give my cousin credit because he was in the crowd. And he yelled, I can remember hearing him yell. The first voice that I could hear off the stage was him. He was like, man, just act like you back on the block. And the light turned into the street light from being on the block. And I'm like, okay, I'm back on the block. And I started talking to Joker. And when I got off the stage, he was like, just keep thinking you back on the block. And it's going to get easy. And every time I went up, it was like I just walked onto the under the street light. And I just kept going and going. And I got it, it became a drug. Like when I heard that first laugh and then the multiple laughs, it was just like a drug in my vein. I'm like, I want to always hear these laughs. I want to always feel that feeling. Like that's why, you know, now when I get up there, I try to push the energy level because I need that fix. Like it's a drug. Like if I get my get my drug in, I'm like an addict. You know, you don't have drug addicts. I want to get their fix. They get in there, you know, they become magicians. They play around. So that was it for me. Yeah. That's how I got started. What um uh so I I have a question, but I, I want to go back to what something you just said. You said uh special. So so you you're you're working on something that you want to do this year or next year. I'm pushing for this year, but every we we we're so busy 
if it has to come out next year, it'll come out next year. But I want, I don't want to rush it. First off, like I want it to be because I watched Dante do his. Then I, I was a part of you doing yours. So I feel like y'all raised the bar for me to where I'm like, okay, I need to hit on the level with my brother. So I don't want to just be like, oh, I need to get a special. Let me just throw something out there. Like, no, I want to take my time. I want to do it right. I need you to be a part of it. I need Dante. I need everybody to be a part of it. So it's a lot of moving pieces. So if that means we do all of the small work this year and then we give out the finished product next year, we'll do that. But I want it to be my first time. I want it to be the best. Well, I ain't going to say the, be the best time first. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? If that makes any sense. So yeah, yeah, it I does. want it to be done right. Have you uh, have you thought about a name for the project? Because that I think for me that's where everything started. It started with an idea. Okay, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. Stop, you know, shit or get off the pot. Like either do it or or don't. And then when I came up with the name, that's when it became real. Like that's when it became this this project that I am now working toward. Um, do you have a name? What or can you share? I've been the last three years. What? Okay. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah. I'm, the thing. Okay. Damn. You getting all? Okay. I'm just dropping. Okay. Well, again, I, because you're my dog, you getting all exclusive. It's gonna be called Granny. I made it because I love that. One of my grandmothers used to always say, like, we got a family full of unpaid comedians. One day, somebody gonna get paid for it. I say, <laughs> I'm, gonna it. I'm gonna get paid for it. And she, you know, shrugged it off. But I. I made a promise to get paid for it. When I got my first comedy dollars, took them home to my mother. I signed them, wrote my grandmother a note, even though she had passed away. It's hung up in my mother's house. I got a picture of it in my phone. But yes, that's why it will be entitled Granny. I made it. But it's dedicated to both of my grandmothers. But, you know, because throughout everybody in the family, like both, both of my grandmothers never like doubted me, like always spoke words of encouragement into me. I always kicked my ass when I needed it. So that's why I'm, I'm titling it Granny. I made it. I love that man. That's that's fucking dope. Um, what's what's one of your greatest um, shows that 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 you always kind of go to? Like um, sometimes when I have great shows, I <laughs> sometimes when I have great shows, I think about the bad shows, and then vice versa. Like I'll have a bad set, and then I'll think about some of the great shows. And I just I constantly am always in my head, and then I, I constantly go back to a couple of shows where I just felt like. That was uh, me at, at my best or, you know, at the top of what I'm doing. Do you have a show or shows like that that you kind of revisit, um, you know, from time to time, whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons? Uh, do you have like, you know, that 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 show that, man, I, I, I was on my on my A game? I'll start with the bad show first. Then I go to the good one. The bad one was a small showcase I did here in Ames. And I made the mistake of getting too drunk, you know, prior to the show to where when I look back on it, like it just I use that as my tool to never get drunk. Like if you notice, I maybe only have one drink before I get on the stage and I take that drink on stage with me. So that taught me you cannot perform drunk. Like as most people be like, you better when you're drunk. No, not me. So <laughs> that's my bar of, hey, if you get drunk, you're going to have another one of these. And I feel like I've worked too hard to come this far in my career to have one of those shows. So that's my bad one. My good one was the show I did in Des Moines when we I opened up for Lou Nell, when we all opened up for Lou Nell or whatever. That was my first standing ovation. Like I, I can remember some of the jokes, but I was like... 
I couldn't miss. Like I did, like that was my first time doing like a sexual joke, like as far as like, and I said it was a gay joke, but there was like a few tables full of gay they when they they stood up and were falling on the table laughing. I'm like, <laughs> because it was done tastefully, like it wasn't derogatory. It was it that set was just perfect. And I panicked, like when they after I was done, like you know, you, hey, I'm Bernard Bitt. Everybody just jumped out their seats and started screaming. I panicked. I'm like, hey, sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> it scared me like that. I had never experienced that, but I'm just like, but nobody listened. They few people, you know, said that, but most people stood up. No, bro, I, I'm like, and I just stood there, and it was just like I can watch. It, I had out of body moment. I watched the room spin around. I'm just like, damn, like I really did great at this show. And then, like I say, to have you know the group. I think the best part of that show. Was having a group of gay guys like it was probably like 20 or 30 of them they all went give us a shirt we need the shirt that was hilarious like the fact you were able to do the joke make it funny like you weren't disrespect like i sold I, I sold like 60 shirts that day like but they brought 20 of them and i'm just like the fact that again i was able to be funny be you know what i'm saying make fun of different things and different people but do it in a respectful way and get a standing ovation and lou nail was behind me that, that was the greatest to me like that is my show where i'm like okay I wish I still had the video for that, but I'm like, in my mind, I remember that standing ovation. Mm -hmm. So I'm always pushing for that. Like I've had one other standing ovation, but to me, it's like, it wasn't that. Like I need that one more. Like that's the high that I'm chasing. I love that. The, uh, the one and only time I got to stand ovation was the taping. And uh, again, for, for doing it as long as, as we've both been doing it, I forget about that type of shit. I forget about like, uh, you know, all of the little things that come along with, with this business. And I had never like set out to like, uh, yeah, like I don't think any comedian like sits down and be like, I'm going to stand an ovation for this show or, or, or this set is going to do ABCD. And um, when it, when it happened, I was like, this, this is a, this is a moment that I, I'll remember forever. And uh, I, I want to, uh, it, it, I feel like it elevates you to, to just, be be better and and more consistent. So that's dope. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. All right, bro. Uh, is, do I you have any... to have nothing else for my my DVD? I'm like they gonna be like we heard all this on Day Day podcast. Like, nah, I, like only eight people will listen to this. No, your your shit's gonna be dope. That that's one of the things I wish uh, I would have done was uh, you know, like Perry and uh, like they they had that like what what do you call it that's like a videotography where where you just kind of track the 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 moments leading up to it and then the actual i wish i would have done that for for um the special but i feel like with with you 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 have so much to share and talk about and it like there you can you can tell a story over and over again and people will still tune in and it'll be just as great hearing it the fifth time as it was the first time so i don't think you have anything I try to be a good, I think, but I copied that from Bernie Mac, like, because list that was, of course, that's my idol, but everybody, like, I watched so many interviews about him, everybody always say, yo, he's the greatest storyteller, like, the way he tell a story, like, they say, when he started telling a story, everybody in the room just listens, so I'm like, I want to be a great storyteller, like, so that's why even people, like, yo, tell me a joke, I'm like, I don't tell jokes, I tell stories, but I want you to be able to, like, close your eyes, like, hit it, and then like picture it and then still be able to laugh like damn like i could visually see that so yeah that i mean i'm gonna tell a few of these stories over again but i mean yeah like you said it's a lot more stuff but when you see all right when i actually sit down and write out what i want 
the DVD to look like. And, you know, like I say, the part that I want everybody to play in it, you're going to be like, damn, like, okay, it'll give you ideas for your next one. And, like, these are things, like, we can use for your next one. Like you say, like, little short clips, you know, mm -hmm. leading up to it. Like, because, again, we can never hit every little thing, but we can always, you know, keep adding and keep mm -hmm. adding and keep adding. Like I say, I know from watching yours, you know, seeing Dante's, I'm like, okay. I want to do some of the stuff they did, but I want to do a few things extra. So when y'all see what I did, be like, okay, cool. We love that. We're going to do some of these things and a few, and basically we'll build on each other. And the more we're around each other, we keep doing it. So you got to figure, okay, and by the time all of us get our first one out and we, you know, combine the ideas and, you know, doing little building meetings and sessions with each other. By the time we get to our fourth, fourth or fifth, like people gonna be like, yo, they got a movie before the show. Like, and people going to really be in tune. Like, cause these dudes, like, because, it's the camaraderie it's just like it's hard to put in the words but the vision i see for all of us with us doing it is gonna be something great because like i said i know i can see what y'all doing take some of those ideas add a few of mine every and we all keep doing that it'll just all be great yeah uh, I, I couldn't agree more i've you know I, i've talked to dante i've talked to a bunch of us and i've mentioned it before like i've never been a part of uh something like this where i genuinely sincerely want everybody to win um I feel like there there are some strong, you know, strengths amongst everybody, and and when I say everybody, I mean specifically like the Black Iowa streams. Like just this 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 little thing that we got going on has so much potential. Um, yeah. And and being in and two different comedy scenes, quote unquote, um, it's nothing like it's nothing like this. And you know, I, I have comedian friends all over the country. But you know when when your name comes up or when Dante names come comes up, it's 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 a prideful brotherhood. Like yeah. that that's my man's in them. And uh, uh, no, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for for whatever you're going to do. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And um, yeah, I think the the best thing that I did last year was just do it. You know, like we we got to stop talk like i say this to my kids and you know stop don't talk about it be about it yeah right. stop talking about doing all these things that we want to do that we know we're capable of doing that we've proven that we can do and just just put it out there and and the more we put it out the better it'll get and uh sometimes i think some of my worst sets are still you know some of other people's best sets so yeah your thing is like you make me want to be your crowd work like that's why I really started like playing more into the crowd, like watching you. I'm like, this my go up here with like a whole dialogue. I'm like, then I'm like, is this part of his set? But it made me like get better at it because I'm like, I'm like, okay. But watching you because I'm like, I'm like, this nigga day is killing every time. I'm like, but then I started watching. I'm like, okay, I learned how to play into the crowd. Like the way you could literally like pause your set, <laughs> play back into your set and never miss a beat. And I'm just like. This bastard. I'm like, okay, so I gotta figure out how to do this. So I start playing with it. But then, you know, my crowd, like when I do this crowd work, sometimes people get a little too overboard. So I'm like, okay, I have to, well, I have to do this. You can do it and literally like control the whole room with like yeah. nobody be like, all right, I'm not gonna yell because he told us to shut the hell up. <laughs> Damn, like he really is making these people do what he say so i'm like okay i'm gonna learn how to do mine but it's small doses but yeah i definitely picked that up from you i appreciate it. your your hosting is is phenomenal i i used to pride myself on being a great host because that's where a lot of us start you know like we we just well i mean that's where a lot of people i think should start is that that hosting spot that opening spot and just getting better at that and 
I what you've been doing this last you know two three years have just been fire. I mean, um, I rewatched recently. So so watching stand up comedy doesn't really motivate me. Um, I just I I literally just realized this probably a few months ago. Like I love watching it, I enjoy it, but I I. I mean, other than maybe Chappelle, I've never watched a, sp- a stand-up special and be like, I got to go write right now. I, I just, I enjoy it as a student of the game. Um, it's the other shit, like what you're talking about, like the interviews. And I just recently rewatched the 25th annual um, Deaf Comedy Jam on Netflix. And that camaraderie with all the Black comics uh, sharing stories and talking, like that motivated me more than, um, you know, a lot of other shit. Yeah, and uh, when I watch you host the show, that not not the jokes, not the what you're the it's like the art, you know. Like I can literally watch you um, and mute you and and be motivated and inspired by what you're doing because I can feel and I can see and I can hear the crowd, and it it's really like you've become an exceptional pilot to this goddamn ship or uh, airplane. So. Appreciate, it. appreciate it. I mean, yeah. it's just, <clears throat> but what motivated me to? I mean, I've always been good at hosting, but after that New Year's Eve show, I'm just like something just triggered me to like, all right, but all right, like you good at hosting, but let's see if you can take it up a level. And then it was just every time I get that thing, it's just be like, all right, because I know I make it better for everybody. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna bring them up to no cold mic like that. I'm not gonna do like if I got to do two three minutes in between. You know, it's, you always come up to a roaring laugh where you just like, okay, the energy there. Like, you, <laughs> I love, like, I can tell when you in your mode, like, act like if you come on right after me, like, I right, get him up there, boom. You come on in, I'm like, okay, when I see him throw his arms, I say, you don't even know you do it. Like, he throw his arms, I'm like, okay, let me get the work. Get loose. Or you pull that stool behind, you put one leg up. <laughs> Again, you see, I, I know this because I literally watch. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, that's why I say, I'm like, okay, I know. The same way with Dante, like I know, like when Dante, like if me and him will do a show somewhere, like somebody will go on and they not, they don't have the room hot. Dante just look at me like, you know what you got to do, and I'm like, yep, I got it. And I will go up there and I set it on fire. Like he get up there, and before he get, okay, okay, <laughs> when he said okay, 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 I know what he's about to do. He go right in there, like and just his thing is like, you know, it's that, it's that competition, <laughs> but that loveling competition where he like it, one show you got to ask him about it when you talk to him again, like. Somebody went up there. I'm not gonna say the guy's name. I'm just like, bro, if you let this motherfucker outdo you, and at first he was shrugging it off, but I kept picking at him. I'm like, bro, this dude is killing. He wasn't, but I'm like, he is. I'm like, he's gonna make you look bad. I say, I said, bro, if you let him outshine you, I say it's gonna be a long ride home. I said, I'm not gonna let this. He like Bernard. You gonna get somebody hurt? I'm like, no. Who was gonna get somebody hurt? Is this man sharp jokes? He up there killing the crowd. He said, <laughs> I got him. He was like Bernard. Leave me alone. I'm like, I'm gonna leave you alone because I'm gonna go hang out with this superstar. I don't wanna hang with your wow. media. The man got on the stage day and worked. I mean, he got off the stage. He was like, you can suck my dick. <laughs> I'm like, but it's that motivation. Like I know, yeah. like me, you know, like we could pick with each other. And be like, I'd be like, dang, you really just finna let these these people out doing you like in your mind, you like, Bernard, shut up. Like, you know yeah. I'm not, but in your brain, you like, I'm finna shut Bernard ass up, but I'm finna do it. I do it. <laughs> it motivates you. So yeah, when I host, I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, I know if I put this crowd level on a 10, mm-hmm. they are not gonna come here and put them on a five. They're like, let me see if I can get them a 10.6 or 11. Yeah. Like, but you do it, so it just makes everybody better. Like, that's what I want my host to do. Like, if I leave that stage at an eight, 
you you right there like all you mm-hmm. gotta do is bow. like you I, like i said i know they flip his arms out he about to go to work <laughs> now i'm gonna be now i'm gonna be like uh, conscious every time i do it uh it's one of them things you would notice it, but I noticed it. Well, okay, they get the. It's like you read, like you you almost getting into a fight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. That's that's hilarious. I was I just watched a video of a set that I did uh, in April, and I do that, but not like not realizing it until you until you mentioned it. Now, like that's my thing. So I appreciate it, bro. This is dope as fuck. I feel like uh, for as long as I've known you, and uh, I've shared this. Like I I met you first. Um, it was really Casey, and then uh, and then, and then uh, well before I, well yeah no it was Casey because because he he did my hair, and then um, I met some local guys Scary Jerry and uh, some other guys out here, and then it was that it was that first show that we did with uh, Ray Lepowski, and uh, since <laughs> since then we've been doing fucking shows since 2017. And each year, I feel like not only have uh, have our shows gotten better, but um, like uh, our relationship, our brotherhood. And um, I appreciate you. And uh, I can't wait to see what we'll do as we move forward, because this shit is uh, what we're doing is so dope. Um, I get so excited about what we haven't done yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you can foresee it, too, like because you see. You see how it is when we just around each other and it's just normal, like it's it's so much love and good energy. You know we can transfer that into something great. And like I was just, I'm damn, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let another cat out the bag. I was talking <laughs> with our best friend, and I'm like, well, we need to do something like remember I said I'm like, we should do three the hard way. Yeah. Like we just do that. Can you imagine us on a three-man show like that? Like just, you know, from us hanging out, I'm like, a three-man show with us would go crazy. Yeah. You know, it's like just, Again, I, I think we should just do it. Like, um, yes, we absolutely. Like we got this. We got our big project coming up Juneteenth. Cool. Once we're done with that, we can that, literally we could just put that together. Bam, put that. Out. That that's gonna sell. That's gonna pop. Like, but people gonna show up for that, and that's something we could we could probably record that and put that out because people gonna be like, yo, these three fools. I, I really, I really. That's what I thought about. I think. Uh, you know, one of, one of my one of my plans was after like it, the the whole special was was a great learning experience for me. I learned a lot of shit the easy way, and I learned a lot of shit the hard way. One of the best things I I, I learned walking away from it, it is it's just content. You know, sometimes it's about creating content, recording content, and and figuring out when to put it out, um, how to put it out, that type of shit. And when when you talk about a show like that, uh, it's got to be recorded. And uh, again, yeah. no, no matter what we do with it, um, that that'll be that'll be classic. Is my new shit now? That'll be another classic show. Well, that, now they're getting another exclusive. The three to hard where it is coming very soon, and it will be recorded. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, I like know. how you say it like that, but for like someone who like you maybe said, like don't talk about it, be about it. We no, I'm saying, but like someone who was listening, like that's listening, and, like wasn't paying attention and missed something. Like three to three to hard way coming soon. Wait a minute, like. Pause. No, you ain't never on. know. You know, never know. We might get up there and whip the things out. You know, put it on stage. <laughs> we know one of one of the three loves to get naked on the stage. That is true. That that is true. So, uh, yeah. They, why they don't really know what? Yeah, this gonna be something dope. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, we'll talk about that soon. Uh, appreciate it. Anything else you want to uh, say? Share? I, yeah, you definitely have put a, a, a lot of gems out there. Uh, not only game, but you definitely kind of set the. 
the episode with with a lot of things to look forward to. Anything else you you want to share? Leave uh, to the listeners. I mean, just follow me on all platforms. You know, B Bell Comedy on Instagram, Snapchat, Bernard Bell on Facebook, uh, comedian Bernard Bell. My other Facebook, my co- comedy page. Hit me up for merchandise. You know, got that inbox. new merch. Got that yeah. new merch. I'm trying to keep up with you again. Like <laughs> you keep outdoing me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a bug in your house. They will ideas down. I'll be like, I had to hurt beat them to it, but. My, my, again, it, it's just about pulling the trigger. My last episode, uh, I, I had a young lady on that's not a comedian. She's just someone that's come to shows and she's sort of become a, a friend and a, and a fan. And she was like, hey, you should do this idea for a shirt, which is uh, like the I love New York shirts. Yeah. Uh, but she said you should do I, I heart DP, which for day peas, but also has the double entendre with deep the double penetration. And I was like, that's fucking genius. I ordered or like 30 shirts. So, so okay. it's just about doing it. It goes something else I was about. I hate talking to you because I'm giving away everything. <laughs> you got, you got a line okay, coming you know, out? Think about, okay, what are the initials for B-Bell Comedy? <laughs> what I, look, I'm probably going to do it. It's going to be like a BBC with just a real big microphone on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> BBC. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like that, it, it just sounds like that's gonna sell uh great. Yeah, because I mean people are gonna get it like when they see the real big microphone, <laughs> they're gonna be like, really? No, that's for BBL comedy. Like, but I love the microphone, so yeah, that's 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 in the see now I gotta hurry up and pull the trigger on before you do it. Like no, right. <laughs> no, well, you didn't know to do it. Like I can see you doing it now. Hey, look, I got him popping, like you done it. <laughs> Hey, I, I want a shirt. Uh, well, next time I see you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grab one of your other shirts. But uh, yeah, when when the BBCs come out, uh, I want to support as well. I feel like a lot of part, like the biggest thing about merch is is people supporting. And we all know that. But what, what I think about merch is like a souvenir shop. Like even if you buy it just to support, I also want you to like it or enjoy it or wear it or you know like i want it to become something more than just some shit that i bought off of a comedian so um i love that you kind of take the initiative my people will not i'll be telling everybody i'm like take a picture in the shirt no i just wear it to sleep in i'm like okay before you get in the bed take a picture in the shirt (laughs) like don't do it in your bedroom i'm like but everybody buy the shirts it'd be hell trying to get them to take a picture or I'm going to tell you what's crazy. The last show we did uh, in Clear Lake, Tip had on the Bless Your Heart shirt. Yeah. And he was, I actually wear my shirt. I'm like, I forgot I did that shirt. I'm like, he's That's like, my favorite one. <laughs> like, I wear this shirt regularly. I'm like, wow. I'm like, but that, that let me know, like, okay, that's somebody who truly supports versus just somebody who was just like you said, like, oh, I got a shirt from Bernard. I love that shirt. 80% polyester, 20% cotton. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have that shirt. Yeah, but them damn things expensive as hell. Trust like, me. Uh, the, the shirts I just ordered was hella expensive. I got three colors on it. And you know, the more colors and print that you put on. What you got to do is you got to start taking pictures at the show when they buy it. So as soon as they buy it, boom, can we do a picture real quick? And you I'm just control you control when you know you control those pictures and when you release them and, and share them and uh yeah and that's what i'm gonna do going forward whenever somebody get a uh, shirt or any type of merchandise just take a picture with it copy yeah. it up take a day to have, have her hold the shirt up or put your dick in her hand whatever you want to do whatever is the not gonna do that. photo op whatever <laughs> not gonna do that 
I am a, I am a child of God. I don't just let anybody touch my baby makeup. What All right, cool? child of God. I'll let you get on your way. Uh, good talking to you as always, bro. Uh, you guys follow bro. him, and uh, we'll talk real soon to you, bro. Peace out, bro. All right, man. See you. All right.